Game Changer, Episode 13, Gamification for Business Transformation, with Maggie Buggy of Capgemini. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. While organizations have ramped up their investments in digital tools and technologies, two-thirds of digital transformation projects fail mainly due to workforce behavioral issues, with company culture being a major barrier. Can effective gamification help solve this problem? To help us address this issue, our guest is Maggie Buggy. Maggie is Vice President and Head of Digital Transformation for Capgemini Consulting, a global management consulting firm. She helps businesses transform the way they operate in order to realize the potential benefits and build their digital advantage. Maggie, welcome to Game Changer. Thanks very much, Jesse. Um, great to be involved with you today. Maggie, when we say that two-thirds of digital transformation projects fail mainly due to workforce behavioral issues, can you break that down for us? What is a, a digital transformation project, and why are most of them failing? Wow, there's a question, Jesse. What is a digital transformation project? Well... Our view of like what a digital transformation project is is formed by our research collaboration with MIT on digital transformation. And broadly, digital transformation projects tend to fall within three areas, or rather involve three elements, around the transformation of customer experience, i.e. through customer understanding, um, targeting customer experience transformation around top-line growth, and also through evolution of customer touch points, be they in terms of customer service, channel, cross-channel coherence, or self-service. And also as, as organizations increasingly move to, uh, towards the provision of an all-channel experience to their customers. The second area then is all around, well, the operational processes that support that, around process digitalization of core processes, be those finance processes, customer relation, relationship management processes, or indeed um, cross-functional processes driven by customer journeys. Also, the whole area of worker enablement, which I can imagine is an area close to the hearts of the members of your community, right. around uh, working anywhere, anytime, uh, broader and faster communication, how global workforces can better leverage them, and also um, the uh, in-life management and evolution of the workforce so that it remains relevant within the increasingly digital enterprise and then the role of performance management within that. The third area that we tend to focus on in digital transformation projects is around business models, so around digitally modified businesses um, through product service augmentation 
are what we use to broadly describe the number of our clients and industries that are increasingly trans- transitioning from physical to digital organizational structures, product to service offerings, etc., are indeed putting digital wrappers on their current business models and those that also set up completely new digital businesses. A good example there would be a bricks-and-mortar retailer who is moving online into the digital world to also offer products through digital channels to clients. Um, And thirdly, then, the area there is around digital globalization. A number of our global clients are increasingly looking to digital to understand what is the optimum template uh, for the digital enterprise and how can that easily be ported from markets that are more firmly established towards others that are new areas of exploitation to take the best strengths of each global operating company and apply them to newly acquired companies or newly entered markets. And then typically all our digital transformation projects include elements of what we call um, core digital capabilities around management and use of unified data and processes, introduction and use of analytics capability, and business and IT integration. And that then is all wrapped within um, a very clear approach to the transformation of enterprises through digital um, around effective change management and a clear view of how the digital strategy drives the business strategy and outcomes of the organization, and also how learning and development and people-related activities are managed within that journey. There's my answer to the first part of your question. (laughs) (laughs) And I can see how you're talking about changing the way people work in many cases yes. and sometimes that's something that is directly related to their job and sometimes it's just a secondary aspect and i can see just when you introduce a new software in some organizations and everybody complains and nobody wants to use it and if they don't absolutely have to use it many people won't they'll just resist it yeah and this is a big point that like we're seeing cross-sector around um in industry use of digital transformation. And it's a simple fact that digital transformation requires significant cultural change for the bulk of traditional enterprises. And it's actually, whilst the examples you called out there around um, system uptake are a part of it, um, it's really, it's a lot more than that also, in that it can also involve significant organizational redesign and therefore changes to associated job roles both officially in terms of operating model redesign and also unofficially due to the democratization process that is generally associated with digital transformation. And also, to come back to like your earlier question around like the reasons why digital transformation projects fail, mm-hmm. and there are many reasons, but some of the ones we have experienced are a bottom-up approach to digital transformation can result in the digital transformation happening in individual silos across the organization, with different geographies, departments, or actually even teams developing their own solutions that are largely impenetrable to others, and also an overemphasis on technological solutions and corresponding underemphasis on the fundamentals of mobilizing and engaging people um, so that they can actually, the enterprise can actually take advantage of the investments they've made in digital. Because, you know, I often say to my clients, at the end of the day, we have a lot of new tools in our kit bag, but at the end of the day, people still make it happen. And like <laughs> the human element is like the most important element within digital. The beauty of digital is that it allows us to do things quicker, better, faster, and build intimacy with our customer and with our employees in a better way. 
but the human element is still a core fundamental part of the digitally enabled enterprise. And um, our last bit I'll put on that, and that indeed ignoring or not paying sufficient attention to any one of what we call the pillars of digital transformation, i.e. having a clear digital vision, digital governance in place, and also a very um, clear, well-thought-out approach to digital engagement and how digital engagement drives the business roadmap um, are, can really result in, in overall failure of the digital transformation program and, crucially, can, can block the enterprise from building their digital advantage. Because, Jesse, is this link between use, intelligent use of digital and how it drives business performance, that is, uh, the holy grail of digitally enabled business transformation, and is very much the start and end point of most of my discussions with our CXO clients that I'm working with globally currently. Hmm. Now, you've mentioned that employee resistance and disengagement are major hurdles. Is that something unique to digital transformation? Uh, brilliant question. And no, it's absolutely not unique to digital transformation. Any significant change program, Jesse, can encounter resistance and disengagement. However, digital transformation, as earlier mentioned, is a process of democratization and encourages the free flow of information within an organization. In that sense, then, it encompasses all aspects of organizational operations, from the management of customer relationships to, inter to interactions with suppliers, and to be fair, everything in between. And for a lot of companies, this is actually more than a change program. It's very much a paradigm shift in that, as an example, often managers can achieve, or sorry, perceive democratization as a threat to leadership, as in effect it represents a loss of control. And I cannot underestimate how, how much that is countercultural to a number of, of traditional enterprises that to date have been managed, would have very um, traditional hierarchies in place. So the way the world of work is changing and how people interact within the enterprise are kind of core areas of focus. And um, given the fact that digital transformation ignores traditional hierarchy, for example, using internal collaboration tools, junior co colleagues can therefore build a reputation as strong as, or in some cases even stronger than their more senior counterparts. And that can also be seen as threatening if not managed appropriately. Um, but however, if implemented successfully, it can actually help break down those organizational silos and also drive greater transparency. And transparency is a real characteristic of the successful digitally enabled enterprise. But that can still be disconcerting to individuals and organizations that are just not used to working in this way. In that sense, I will say that digital transformation is like a change program, but on steroids, in the sense that... <laughs> All the usual factors which create resistance and lack, in, lack of engagement are brought into much sharper focus, which makes it even more important that sufficient attention is paid to the human aspects of change and that also innovative aids to change management and also the learning journey that a lot of enterprises have to go on, such as enterprise gamification, are actively embraced as part of the enterprise's overall approach to change and cultural transition. Yeah, you bring up gamification now. What's your personal history with how you came to see gamification as a potential strategy to overcome this problem? Ah, um, well, long before I got into cloud computing and digital transformation itself, um, I've always had like um, a passion for how to effectively deliver change within global organizations and how uh, global enterprises can effectively put in place um, 
and a corporate culture that is sufficiently unifying for global workforces and also um, can over time build a source of competitive advantage from employees. So for a long time I've been passionate about and interested in this area and indeed I did my um, postgraduate research on high performance work practices in multinational corporations. So that's kind of where my passion for change has come into play. And secondly, as I've started to, I've got 10 years ago now, get involved in digital transformation, um, it became increasingly apparent to me, Jesse, that uh, the change uh, challenge forward slash opportunity for the enterprise is, has become increasingly exacerbated as the pace of change accelerates. Mm. And there is a challenge for boards now to how do you align the enterprise to the pace of external change? without creating a humongous cost to serve in your operations. Um, that's the second point. And thirdly, increasingly as we create digital enterprises, I fundamentally do not believe that it's still okay to go, okay, you can do all these cool things with digital to drive business performance, but when it comes to your change program, you still have to engage in a multi-year, very traditional rollout <laughs> of um, change interventions. That's just not good enough. So. A few years ago, I started searching around for new and different digitally enabled approaches to change management that actually pull on this democratization of enterprises and of information and can actually prove um, meaningful ways in which we can actually address behavior, which is the core root as a change lever and to drive change. That's how I personally got involved with it. And then I'm definitely seeing cross-sector with all my um, clients that the cultural blocker to a digitally enabled um, enterprise is one of the most significant blockers. So addressing change in parallel to creating your digitally enabled business strategy is critically important. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Now, in your recent blog post, Engage at Speed, which I think is aptly named since you just talked about how you're trying to avoid that multi-year sort of implementation effort, but in that blog post, you discuss five ways that the practices developed in electronic games can be a powerful force for driving digital transformation and organizational change. The first is lowers resistance. Can you walk us through an example of that, Maggie? Yeah, sure. Um, so gamification, as we said, is, is largely about driving behavioral change and rewarding whether through, through it be intrinsic or extrinsic mechanisms, the behaviors you wish to drive in any enterprise. And in digital transformations, the, the behaviors that organizations are typically driving are often centered around encouraging employees to engage with new systems, as Jesse yourself outlined earlier, and also um, to augment um, employees' ability to um, engage with new content and work in different ways. And if we take, for example, a number of um, our clients are rolling out um, Salesforce.com at the moment. Um, to change how they actually engage with employees. And, and typically, that type of CRM investment um, presents a significant investment on behalf of the organization. And also, more importantly, em uh, employee in compliance to putting their data into those systems to underpin the process digitization that is necessary for future com com uh, competitiveness is absolutely critical. But how do you actually... Um, properly um, combine the carrot and stick approach to actually drive that behavior. 
and one of our clients currently is uh, using a gamification layer specifically um, targeted on the desired step change in behavior on behalf of sales resource around them um, to address margin erosion in one region and lead conversion in another. And in that, in that example, the, the specific uh, gamification interventions that have been put in place allow particular groups of employees to be rewarded against how they can display progress against those specific KPIs. And that's actually been one of our learnings about how to successfully use gamification in that um, by focusing on the actual learning behavior of the employee um, and through providing an engaging mechanism through which they can easily uh, change their behavior, resistance in, ter in turn to the change has actually been um, impacted. Now, speaking of Salesforce, there's a, a couple of Salesforce-related applications that we've been looking at in this Game Changer series are Level 11 and Hoopla. And I wondered, have, are, are applications like those where they are basically taking Salesforce and gamifying certain aspects of it, is that really making a difference? Um, I wouldn't be able to, uh, able to comment on the actual statistics that support that because obviously we globally go to market with a whole network of providers. Mm. But I would just put a general comment against that, that um, I think any innovation on some of these core platforms such as Salesforce.com and CRM space um, can only be welcomed because the field of enterprise gamification, as you and your community are well aware, is still very much in its nascent. So the more um, technology providers, the more uh, business leaders, HR professionals, and operations professionals that are focused on change professionals focused on this to um, move the thinking of the field forward, I think, can only be to the better. As long as, obviously, from an overall enterprise point of view, that there is the, the enterprise doesn't introduce such a diversity of platforms and interventions that it becomes a platform play, because the value of gamification is that it addresses behavioral change. So therefore, our start and end point from a Capgemini consulting point of view is how its use drives faster realization of the business strategy and business KPIs of the organization, rather than focus on the actual platform elements and first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I would actually add that as well as my earlier point around lowering of resistance, in that um, one of the, not criticisms, but one of the questions we always get around, like, is in terms of lowering resistance, is gamification a short-term tactic to get the workforce past that initial hurdle of resistance? Right. Or is it, some, or is it something we put in place and leave there? And, like, um, it's, very, it's one of those frustrating examples whereby it's both and neither. And that enterprise gamification can really help an organization to reach short, medium, and long-term goals. Whilst it may be implemented initially to help manage resistance to change, it should primarily be seen as a mechanism that is continuously iterated in order to firstly refine the solution, secondly respond to changing business priorities. In this sense, gamification interventions for, within the enterprise are not static. They must be, they must be constantly evolved to remain relevant and lastly, to help avoid game fatigue. And this is where we get into the very potentially thorny area of the enterprise's trust contract with its employees. And when we talk about resistance and we talk about, in change, we talk about change, one of the broader areas in which this fits is the trust contract and relationship that any enterprise holds with its employees. And it is absolutely 
so, so important that any enterprise gamification um, project are supportive of that trust contract and, are, and do not run the danger of being perceived by employees as um, advantageous or opportunistic on behalf of the enterprise. So in that sense, we'd really advocate from our experience of delivering them to engage employee groups, um, target employee groups like change agents in the actual formula, formation and um, uh, design of the, cha- the gamification tra- change intervention. I see. So involving employees in actually designing and implementing the gamification can, yeah, that can help make sure it's a, a win-win as opposed to coming across as something that, where it seems like they're they're just sort of uh, manipulating us or take ex- exploitation where. Oh, completely. Ex- com- exactly. And also this relates to a much broader point that um, I often discuss with my clients around digital transformation within the enterprise. In, in that typically... The secret, inverse, the, the secret squirrel approach to digital transformation does not work because it's, uh, as we all know, digital is, um, about, is, about engage, is a community piece. And it's critically important that um, to drive faster realization of business outcomes that um, the broader organization is actually engaged from the beginning in understanding what the vision is and then also becoming part of driving the change within the enterprise. As we'll all be aware, change really happens at grassroots level. And if we don't particularly get middle management in particular, in particular as a stakeholder group involved, they will fail. We all have horror stories, I'm sure, from uh, <laughs> years spent on... Um, uh, transformation programs that didn't deliver because uh, a change and behavior couldn't be embedded within the organization. Right. Now, the second way that you talk about how gamification can be a powerful force is provides recognition. And you talk about that's about setting short-term achievable goals, providing real-time feedback, and recognizing accomplishments. But why the emphasis on short-term? Good question. And like, um, it's largely because um, we appreciate that uh, in order to avoid game fatigue, um, specific within the enterprise context, it's important that in game design, gamification sets out short-term achievable goals, particularly in the earlier stages, and that it also built in is the ability to provide real-time, real-time feedback and also recognition of accomplishments and that all of that in turn is seen to drive employee engagement and motivation. As an example, when Livebox Incorporated wanted to improve performance of its, I think, 20,000 call center agents, it gamified processes by converting them into a competition. And by definition, competitions don't tend to be long-running pieces, and it began awarding agents with virtual badges and points for tasks completed, such as keeping calls brief and, crucially, um, the KPI of sales closure. They also used um, leaderboards um, quite significantly um, so that the uh, achievements could be um, compared across peers. And the result was actually a call time reduction of 15% and also um, sales improvement, sales closure improvement of 12%. And then each individual engagement should be short-term. Um, the individual striving for, in, for it in order for them to be motivated by the feedback and reward mechanisms. And in this sense, Jesse, if that kind of gap between the effort the individual is putting in and the time it takes for their feedback to be applied and reward achieved is too long, 
they'll, they'll find that a disengaging experience. That, that's why we um, insist on like the short-term objectives and also related to my earlier point around how the game objectives and such could be, should be continuously iterated. Because coming back to the central tenant, it is about changing behavior. And while, when behavior has been addressed and changed, it's a progressive thing. So therefore, it must be short-term and continuously iterated in response to as behave, the, behave, the targeted behavior evolves, we need to focus on the next the next um, behavior. However, that is not to say the overall goal should cannot be longer term mm-hmm. and comprises a series of these achievements. So in that sense, short-term achievable goals, but within an overall business goal that is more long-term and um, you can have a series within it. Do you have to make sure that employees understand the long-term purpose so that they, even though they're working towards short-term achievable goals, they aren't too short-sighted? Oh, no, absolutely. Um, it is really important that, like on any change program, and not just, not just digital, that employ- that the end the end end business goal is properly explained to employees. And this also relates to the trust contract that the enterprise has with the employees. If we're not, if we don't trust our employees with the insight of why we want them to do something and why a particular behaviour on their part is value of value to the enterprise. There's no point embarking on these and these types of engagements because it's human nature to want to know what is the goal that we're striving towards, and that is also where um, these initiatives have got to be fitted into the overall business objectives, but also the overall culture of the organisation. Because, because uh, think about it, you know, we human beings we are more likely to do what we're meant to be doing in an enterprise context if we are emotionally involved in that journey. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, cite thousands of studies and data points uh, to support that point, but the basic premise is still the same. When employees, or when, sorry, when people are engaged in an objective and goal towards a vision that is well articulated and understood, they are more likely to um, behave in a way that is positive and supportive of the goals of the organization. The third way that you talk about is accelerates learning. Will you tell us an example of that? Uh, yes. Uh, so currently we're actually working with um, a major power utility organization that um, wants to um, understand uh, how gamification can help with their, with, um, their learning and development catalog. And um, the reason why his, uh, game, enterprise gamification is valuable in this space is that one of the challenges for all enterprises and in general and, speci- and specifically with the example I'm, I'm, going to, I'm sharing with you is that Employees go on training, which is in general quite costly to the enterprise. But the organization doesn't actually get a return on that training investment until the individual employees has learned the information, but crucially is back in their role applying what they've learned. So in the case of this power utility, uh, we're busy understanding how gamification can be used to augment the, the learning experience and to shorten that time to business impact of the um, uh, training curriculum being learnt and then, then applied within the, their execution of their actual job roles. And also there's more broad bets around providing more engaging content that isn't just static, um, either computer-based training or the space pieces, and also building a broader training community beyond the actual training session itself. 
so that peer-to-peer learning support from colleagues that have attended similar training can, um, uh, can be provided following the training session itself. You know, speaking of training, you've cited a study about how it's particularly important for Gen Y employees who often struggle to sit through a lengthy non-interactive presentation yes. to take a more of a gamification type approach. What does the data show about that? Well, Generation Y are accustomed to interacting using digital channels. That's a fact. And the Facebook generation, as they're often referred to, um, they, um, it's normal for them to share and interact with systems, i.e., you know, likes, posts, question, answer, sharing, updating, use of hashtags, asks, etc., in their personal lives. And this makes them a very good fit for system-based gamification, which asks users to exhibit those similar behaviors. And as Generation Y continues to enter the workforce, their expectation of their employee experience will uh, need to map to their personal experience. And a recent um, study found that trainees using video games had 11% higher factual knowledge levels, 14% higher skill-based knowledge levels, and 9% higher retention rates compared to trainees within a passive learning environment. Mm-hmm. And um, that... Also, the Gen Y preferences also impacts like the type of leadership they receive, how they actually um, collaborate and interact within teams, and also from an overall enterprise point of view, there's a big question here around effective succession planning. And this is where we get a lot of, um, not we get, but we see a lot of the um, real uh, priority and need um, for HR departments in particular to put in place policies, be it approach to um, learning and development, um, succession planning, uh, performance management, people management, that actually pull on um, the type of um, experiences and interventions that Generation Y are used to using day on day. And enterprise gamification and the thinking and insights from uh, um, games are one of those key interventions. Hmm. Now, the fourth way that game-inspired practices can be a powerful force in transformation is fostering innovation. But it seems like gamification's emphasis on competition could backfire when it comes to innovation, because that seems like an area that requires a lot of collaboration rather than competition. No, no, good point, Jesse. And um, you're absolutely right. It's... uh it fundamentally relies on collaboration through the, the voluntary crowdsourcing of skills and expertise and from across the enterprise. And actually, in some cases that we're aware of, from outside the enterprise as well, from suppliers, friends and family of employees, etc. But gamification is not intrinsically about just competition. It's about harnessing natural human drivers to encourage specific behaviors. And then game designs, in this case innovation games, can be tailored to fit the specific behaviors the organization or the project is trying to drive. So if an organization is trying to drive innovation, then collaborative collaborative behaviors as opposed to competitive behaviors can be rewarded. For example, not only contributing ideas, but also commenting on other ideas, adding to existing ideas, liking it, and so on. And also systems of shared credit, i.e. putting a mutual element to the reward, we see that quite a lot within um, enterprises' ability to develop, sorry, efforts to um, develop um, high-performing teams around like sharing credit and rewards and mutual benefits that can only be attained through exhibiting collaborative behaviours. 
and feeding that into the design into a, in particular systems. So the point here is that while it very much depends on the objectives, and instead of focusing on competitive head-to-head -head outcomes, you make the focus of the beha desired behavioral change to be, be to be about collaboration and knowledge sharing. And to be honest, give you an insight from our own business. As a consulting firm, we are hugely dependent on our workforce's ability to connect peer-to-peer um, -peer for specific advice because at the end of the day, that's what our clients buy from us. They buy specific advice um, and, and skills that by and large reside in our workforce's heads. Mm -hmm. So for us, we have a real um, need for our employees to interact and collaborate together in small and big teams and quickly come together to share their perspective and information to create a value proposition that responds to our clients' needs. And we ourselves are increasingly using enterprise gamification to drive that outcome. So, for example, I'm sort of relating this to LinkedIn, where recently you start to see how LinkedIn is scoring people as thought leaders. And it's not just necessarily the number of uh, things they share on LinkedIn, but it's how much you're commenting on other people's uh, shares. Yeah. And also probably yeah. I could see in the type of system that you're describing where people are rating the comments that you make. So it's not just quantity of comments, but it's do other people think that what you're saying is valuable. Yes. And like um, LinkedIn is a good example, but at the same time, you know, we're all uh, familiar with um, LinkedIn and that. Um, it, it works, but also it, uh, it um, doesn't necessarily yet uh, get the whole quality bit in there. Right. So um, we're pretty clear internally in our enterprise and with our clients that like, racing for its own sake is not a value. It's like, how do you make sure the people who are doing the racing are the people who are actually qualified to effectively judge the content of the person who submitted something? And that like, um, is not an area that's very well understood at the moment. Like, we're certainly still working it out. But that is really important to get the balance between behavior, rewarding behavior for commenting, interacting, but also making sure that actually the person doing the racing is qualified to do so. The fifth and final way is streamlines processes. I like the example that you share about Google's travel expenses. What happened there? Um, I actually have a more relevant one to actually give you around the streamlining of processes. Okay, great. Um, the Google example is like available in our white paper, but one that isn't is currently something that like we're working on within the utilities industry about um, working with them, um, putting together a proposition for call center operatives to get them to focus specifically on um, debt recovery from customers. Debt management within the utilities sector for anyone in the community who isn't familiar with that industry is a really significant problem. So understanding how um, gamification can inform the process digitization required for how call center agents currently approach customers who've got severe debt issues um, is a very interesting area. And we're, we're targeting quite a significant uplift in, um, in return on um, previously unrecoverable debt. And this is where I think is a field more broadly Enterprise gamification now needs, we really need to get the kind of um, case studies around where enterprise gamification is really being directed. And the utilities industry uh, offers an awful lot of very interesting problems and such that enterprise gamification can help, can help address. 
see it around how to deal with the issue of an aging workforce, so therefore impacting learning and development and succession planning as core HR processes. Um, debt collection I've shared as an example, which very much links immediately into your financial management processes and like um, your cost to serve of customers and key drivers for the organization. And also in terms of how it can help with um, the management of remote workforces and field workers and also asset management. It seems like streamlining processes, when an organization tries to use gamification to do that, it could easily miss out on actually making the process fun or or breaking that trust contract that you talk about. Completely, but also more broadly, you know, and I'm quite tough on this line with, um, you know, when I talk about it, and that sure gamification is having fun and engaging to get, empl- to get employees to change their specific be- behaviors. But the start point specific to streamlining process piece is around the overall operating model of the enterprise, and that is the start point. So specific with the area around streamlining processes, it is really important that up front the enterprise understands what is the to-be operating model they need to put in place um, under their digital transformation. And once that is clear, then within that address the streamlining of processes. Because if, for instance, you put the cart before the horse and start putting in using enterprise gamification to inform processes without first doing the rigorous work of what the target op- digital target operating model needs to be, you can end up with a very messy process that actually knocks on to others and confuses the issue. The fun bit is a definite part of it, but needs to come after the deep analysis piece. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know so it's, it's fun within the context of, is the enterprise sure that their digital transformation, number one, is driving business ob- objectives, that within that they have their, their digital, in, digital initiatives clearly defined, and then they have their targeted digital operating model to support that defined and their clear approach to transformation. And then within that, how they approach transformation, within that, the role of enterprise gamification. Because we, Gemini, are very clear that we see the real value of enterprise gamification as part of the overall digital transformation approach. We don't really go to market selling it as a standalone. So it's just one tactic or maybe broader strategy with, within your overall effort? It's within our main suite for transformation. Mm-hmm. Because we know from our research collaboration with MIT that critical to building the digital advantage is how the enterprise combines its, um, its bundle of digital programs and initiatives, which we call digital intensity, and how that is combined with their transferability to manage transformation well which we call transformation management intensity. And in that view of things like having the clear business vision, having um, senior um, CEO ownership of the initiative, a clear approach to change and transformation, and within that enterprise gamification. So it's an important part, but it's a part of an overall bigger piece. We've been discussing five ways gamification can help drive digital transformation and organizational change. They are lowers resistance, provides recognition, accelerates learning, fosters innovation, and streamlines processes. Maggie, where can people find out more about you and your work? Well, that's very easy, Jesse, because uh, (laughs) number one, you can follow me on Twitter, at Maggie Buggy, and I'm assuming Jesse will provide my contact link details. Um, I'm regularly posting their links to our newest research. Um, I'm proud to say that at Capgemini, we have 
we publish an awful lot of insight and research papers, and the community will be happy to know, always free of charge. Um, so follow me on Twitter so you can get my links, but also be sure to take um, a trip around our uh, Capgemini consulting site and read about our digital transformation research program and the insight that we've uh, put up there. Because um, we've been, uh, you might have missed it in the market, but we've recently been acknowledged by Kennedy Research globally as the leading digital specialist in the digital transformation market, um, in acknowledgement basically of the depth and breadth of our capabilities. So follow me on Twitter and um, go on to our global website and have a look at the kind of things that we do. Wonderful. Maggie Buggy is Vice President and Head of Digital Transformation for Capgemini Consulting. Maggie, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Jesse. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll put links to Maggie's information, uh, her Twitter profile, and her LinkedIn profile in our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash GC13, as in Game Changer episode 13. Also, this episode's clue for the Game Changer series puzzle is the letter H, as in Herald. There will be other clues in each of the first 14 episodes in the Game Changer series, as well as an Engaging Leader podcast episode 38 featuring Kevin Werbach. From those 15 clues, if you can be the first person to guess the secret phrase, you will win a $100 gift card from Amazon. Now, as of right now, no one has won yet. So as soon as you think you know the secret phrase, email it to me at jesse at engagingleader.com. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com slash engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music.